This country needs some serious prayer. We couldn't be more polarized as a nation. And whatever you feel about the leadership in this country, um, you know, I, I was looking at some, some people that I know seem to have gone over to the dark side, but uh, uh, in their discussions on Facebook and so forth, and I don't think that's healthy. Um, whatever you believe about our leadership, there's still our leadership, and we as Christians have been told to pray for them and pray for this country. And uh, so we need to do that. And we need to pray for the safety of our troops. I think we're all just kind of waiting for the next shoe to fall to see what Iran's going to do. And, and you know what? But we've got people in this, in this church who's uh, got family members who are deployed around the world. And we need to be praying for their safety and for the safety of all our troops. And so, uh, in fact, let's just do that right now, shall we? Father, I, I thank you for this nation. Lord, you put us here. We were established on Christian principles we establish on the word of God and religious freedom. And Father, we thank you for that privilege. We thank you, Lord. We pray for those in authority as you commanded us to do from the very top, from the president on the way down to the lowest staff member, to, to the governors of our state, to the uh, commissioners and mayors and, and Lord, those responsible for those in authority over us, we pray. Lord, that uh, we will continue to live in, in this land in, in a place of religious freedom, a place where God will be glorified. We pray for this nation. We pray for revival, that it will come even this year, Father. Lord, we know we're standing at the cusp of the moment in time when God is going to do some powerful things in this earth. Lord, we believe that there's going to be a great end-time revival, and we believe, Lord God, that, that we can help usher it in. Lord, even begin with us. Father, we pray for our troops those in authority over them, Lord, that you would just watch over them, the blood of Jesus protect them and cover them in every area. Father, that, uh, Lord, we pray for the nation of Israel as well, that you would just protect them. And, Father, we thank you, oh God, that we can stand here this morning and in total freedom to worship you in spirit and in truth and to pray. And, Lord, we give you thanks for what you're going to do. Pray for our families and everyone, oh God, in this body, in Jesus' name. Amen. I also would like you to continue to pray for that little girl, Julie, I mentioned earlier. She's a Baptist. And, and also, you know, last week, I think we mentioned it. And, and, and it, you know, honestly, um, uh, it, there was um, kind of uh, a different spirit in here last Sunday morning. And, uh, and, and it's understandable. And, and, but we, uh, we had a celebration of life for uh, Cindy Shue's sister in here, uh, Sandra, Sandra Kay. And uh, that was, a, uh, you know, Great service, and, and uh, also this week, uh, Susan Tucker, uh, father, we celebrated his life as well. And so I want you to pray for those families. And uh, uh, Sandra's uh, fiance, Jeff, is with us again this morning. Jeff, God bless you, and uh, we continue to pray for you and, and for that family. So um, just do that. And uh, I just uh, I feel like God God is up to something, and uh, you know we can't we can't ignore what the Lord wants to do. So please. Uh, come out and join us in, in, uh, in worship and prayer and, and for all that. So um, speaking of prayer, uh, you know, the beginning, of, you know, we celebrated New Year's. I don't know what the rest of you did. We went to bed, you know, so it's it pretty exciting stuff. You know, we're just exciting, you know, and I came across this as a New Year's prayer. I said, dear Lord, so far this year has been great. I haven't gossiped about my friends. I haven't been grumpy nasty, cruel, or rude, and I haven't said any unkind words. Hmm. I'm very thankful for that, Lord. But in a few minutes, Lord, 
I'm going to get out of bed. <laughs> and from then, on, from then on, I'm going to need a lot more help for the rest of this year, 2020. In Jesus' name, amen. No, uh, my prayer for 2020 is that I'll have a, a fat bank account and a thin body because God kind of mixed it up last year. I saw this one. It said, may all your troubles last as long as your New Year resolutions. Yeah. Amen. So, and uh, um, I, I just have to share this one, too. I, I thought this was kind of funny. He said, uh, this uh, lady was taking uh, an afternoon nap, and it was New Year's Eve. And um, she woke up, and she confided to her husband that she'd had. She says, I just dreamed that you gave me a big diamond ring as a New Year's present. What do you think that it means? And he said, oh, ho, ho. you'll know tonight. And at midnight, as the, as the New Year was chiming in, the husband approached his wife with a small box, and he proudly gave it to her. And when she was delighted and she was excited as she ripped off the packages and she got down and she opened it up and it was a book and it said, How to Interpret Dreams. <laughs> uh, oh, well, can't always get what you want, you know, so anyway. Um, as I listened to Pastor Dave last week, um, and I, by the way, glad to have all you back. Glad to have the Master's Commission back and some of their family members. I need to also pray for Jay Watson, one of our students. I forgot. He, uh, he had some kind of a, a medical issue, and, and uh, he was in a hospital, so I think he's coming back in the next day or two. But uh, anyway, um, so glad to have you all back. But as I listened to Pastor Dave last week, he spoke about abundant life. And, and he also mentioned a verse from, from Matthew that... Uh, um, dealt with some of the, some of the, the words that we speak and, and, and uh, how we'll be made to give an account for every idle word that we speak. Have you ever read that verse in Matthew 12? It says we're going to give an account for every idle word that we speak. Um, and I want to develop that thought a little bit today. Um, in addition, I've been praying about what the Lord uh, might have us to know concerning, you know, is what Ricky was talking about for the year 2020. And I came across this fact, and I hadn't realized this, and I don't know why I didn't look at it back in September, but at the end of September, the 29th or 30th of September, I can't remember which day it was, is Rosh Hashanah, which is the beginning of the Jewish New Year. And this is the year 5780 in the Jewish New Year. And uh, if you know anything about Jewish, uh, uh, you know, the Hebrew, um, that each word, each letter has a numeric value. And uh, not only does it have a numeric value, but when you add them together, they also have, the, the, they, they mean something. The, the numbers have, the numbers and letters are numerical equivalents. So when you write one particular letter, it has a numerical value. So if you write out 5780, you get a word that's called pay, P-E-Y. And pay means mouth, mouth, okay? And, um, and as I prayed about that, uh, here's what, uh, here's what I, I hear the Lord saying. Um, 
This is going to be a year of the prophetic. A year of the prophetic. And, and not only will it be a year of the prophetic, but it, you know, we, we come also in conjunction with, as Ricky said, the year 2020. Um, and in 2020, if you're you know, like optometry, you know it means clarity of vision. And he said vision, and, and that's, a good, that's a good way to describe it. But uh, here, here's what I, I really was sensing what the Holy Spirit was saying. He says that, that uh, Oral Roberts, and I've quoted this a few times in here, but Oral Roberts said, if you can see the invisible, you can do the impossible. If you can see the invisible, you can do the impossible. What does that mean? If you can see into the realm of the invisible kingdom of God, then you can manifest the impossible on this earth, heaven on earth. And so what I see that the Holy Spirit is talking about is that he wants us to see as never before into the realm of the spirit, into the realm of the kingdom of God, and then declare that in this world prophetically. The title of my sermon, if you would put that, that slide up for me, today is Words Have Power. And I want to I develop this thought for just a second. So remember what, what Jesus said. He said, I, you know, in John 14, 10, if you put that up, we'll just put that up for us, okay? Jesus said, don't you understand, he's talking to Philip, that I don't, the words that I speak are not my own authority, Rather, it's the Father living me who's doing the work. So the words that he speaks is not his own. It's the Father's words that he speaks. He said, I only speak what I hear the Father saying. Over there in, um, in John chapter 5, verse 19, he also said, I truly tell you that the Son can do nothing by himself. He can only do what he sees the Father doing. Because whatever the Father does, the Son also does. So his mouth, when he spoke it, was in fact the word of God on the subject, right? He is the word. But, you know, when he spoke, I mean, he could have gotten, he did get righteously angry with the money changers and he called the Pharisees vipers and so forth because that's what God was calling them. He wasn't just doing out of anger or he called them whitewashed tombs, but I feel like what the Lord is saying is that we need to get to a vision to see what the Spirit is, is doing, what, what the kingdom of God, what God wants to, to, uh, us to see, and then begin to speak that over our lives, over our circumstances, over our situation, because our words are powerful, and they will accomplish the purpose for which they're being sent. God will allow you to see into the realm of the Spirit of God, into the kingdom of God. The Spirit of God will tell you things, will teach you things, will, will speak words into your ears. And I think it's time we start, need to start being open to what the Holy Spirit's saying and then start declaring them over our situations, over our families, over our jobs, over our children, whatever the case may be, and speak only what God says into this world. And as we do that, you will see a change in your environment around you. Can you see what God See, you know, I got up early this morning. Connie's not here this morning. She and Sarah drove up to see her mom. She's in the hospital up in uh, Washington, D.C. She fell the other day, and, and, and no one knew she was laid there, and she laid there for 
we don't know how long, at least a day and uh, before we, anybody got to her and, and she was dehydrated and her sugar, was, she's diabetic and so sugar was way off. So she's in ICU, so she wanted to see her. And so uh, I was up early this morning, we were up about 4.45 and, and uh, you know, after they left to go, they left about 5.30, I uh, just sat there and I just began to pray. You know, can I tell you that uh, I've always in, in for, I've been in the ministry since 1986. I always get up at six o'clock in the morning and pray for about an hour before I, you know, and I, I prayed the night before, before, before I start. But I get alone and I was just sitting there this morning and I, I turned on some worship music, Alexa play Terry McCallum and uh, did that and, and just was sitting there meditating and, and the Holy Spirit said clearly, he said, you know, if you just get alone with me, I'll show you things which you do not know. And I will tell you things to speak over your life, speak over your family. And I feel like the Holy Spirit saying, if we'll take this seriously and actually do it, you'll see a change. So I, I hear the Holy Spirit saying this is the year of the prophetic, and it's a prophetic proclamation of what we see in the Spirit prophetic proclamation of what you see into the spirit. So um, I want to be more sensitive to his voice than I've ever done, ever been. Um, I want to hear what the spirit is, is saying. We were listening this morning as the uh, word came forward at tongues interpretation prophetically and, and, and uh, just spoken with, with impressions and, and see and just meditate on that. And uh, then speak it in faith over your job, over your business, over your family, over your community, over your nation, over your church, over your school. Um, let this be the year that the, that the word of God is muttered from our mouths or uttered from our mouths and from our lips to change the things around us. There's power in, in our words. But before that, before we can be aware, we, we, also, we also need to be aware. I think one of the problems is we, we need to be aware of what we're already speaking. What am I already speaking? Are the words of my mouth God's words, or are they, just, or are they the words of this world, or are they just my own, my own flesh? If you look at a couple of scriptures, I just want to lay a little foundation here and go to Matthew 12. And this is where Pastor Dave was speaking from last week. He, he, calls, he calls the Pharisees a brood of vipers. How can you who are evil say anything good? For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. In another translation, it says out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. You will speak whatever you're full of. Some of us are just plain full of it. But you will speak what's really inside you. Under pressure, under stress, you will speak what's really inside of you. You know, how many times have you said something and then you later regretted it? Oh, I wish I hadn't said that. But see, that's what's, you know, you say, well, I didn't really mean it. Well, but you said it. And you said it, and it came up out of what you, what you felt. You can say you didn't mean it. You say you're sorry for it, but you meant it. And, and that's a problem. But look at this. So he says, so he says the, the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. He says a good man brings good things out of the good stored up in him. 
And an evil man brings evil things out of the evil that's stored up in him. He says, I tell you that everyone will have to give account on the day of judgment for every empty word they have spoken. In the King James, and I've spoken this many years ago, but the word in the King James is barren, not empty. And barren is something that does have no life in it. Are you with me? So what, when you speak things, you, you can either speak good or evil. There's very little neutral. Um, but it says a barren word is, is the definition in the, in the Greek literally means, it, it says an idle word. And an idol here means barren, and it's lazy, useless, inactive, no life, that which produces nothing but death. Hmm. So think of it. If you're speaking barren words into your job, into your business, into your family, into your child, into your spouse, into your boss, what do you think you're producing? The seed that you sowed. The next verse. And I tell you, oh, I'm sorry, go back one. I, I jumped ahead. I tell you that everyone will have to give an account on the day of judgment for every idle word they have spoken. Now, I don't just mean just, oh, a toss off a word, but, but at the same token, I don't know about you, but I'm not sure I want to give an account on every, for every word I've ever spoken. There's a, there's a verse in, uh, uh, I think it's Ecclesiastes, it might be Proverbs, but it says, it says that we should be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. And I, I think most of, the, most of the world doesn't operate that. We are quick to speak, slow to hear, and get angry very fast. I mean, people are getting shot driving down the road because somebody cut them off. And it's, you know, it's, it's, it's crazy. So go back, go back to that verse again. Go back one. He says, you're going to have to give an account for the words that you speak. Well, if you're only speaking what God says, I guess you wouldn't have too much to worry about. And I know we're not on that level yet, but I mean, I think that's the goal, isn't it? Think of it. I'm going to say it one more time. We give an account before God to every idle word we speak, every barren, every lifeless. We're, we're called to be life givers. And instead, what so many of us are doing, we're speaking death into circumstances. We, we joke about it when we play golf sometimes, and you say, eh, you dummy, you know, it was a terrible putt or whatever, and we get, you know, and Greg or Jim or somebody say, yeah, I agree with you. Because that's what we're saying. We're calling ourselves stupid, you know. Well, it was a stupid thing I did, but, you know, I'm, maybe I'm not stupid. Maybe I am. I don't know. But it's, that's, that's, the, that's the kind of thing. But see, we just toss off stuff. And I don't want to get into the point, and I'm trying to get there, because I've been down this road many, many years ago. I've been, I've been around the, 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 the Word of God and teachers and, and others that you get to the point where you're afraid to open your mouth. I don't want to live in like that. I'm not going to live in superstition. At the same token, I'm going to do everything I can to change my speech, because my speech 
Those words are powerful. And they'll either create death or life. In fact, that's, that's this next verse. In, in Proverbs 18, Dave used this last week. He's uh, tell, uh, Proverbs 18 there, if you would, please. He says, uh, uh, a, brother, a brother wronged is more unyielding than a fortified city. Disputes are like the barred gates of a citadel. From the fruit of your mouth, a person's stomach is filled. With the harvest of your lips, they are satisfied. And then it says, the tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. So you have a choice in what you say. No matter what you say and what you do, you're going to reap the harvest of, that, of those actions and those words. And I don't think we fully comprehend the extent to which our words have power. Or death or life, good or evil. See, so I, I want to talk to you about, because I, I believe this is going to be the year of the prophetic pronouncement of, of the, the favor of God into the lives of God's people this year. It's a, it's a year of prophetic. It's a year of uh, vision and clarity and, and all those things. But the more we see of God, the more we speak what he says and what he's doing, the more fruit, of beneficial fruit, that you're going to reap. And I think that's the goal. So um, there... There, uh, the ancients, uh, ancient Hebrews believed that there is, a cre- there is a creative force behind every word that you speak. There's a power to create life or death for ourselves, for those we encounter around us every day. And then the word, as I said, declares that we're going to have to give an account. So um, have you ever said anything you later regretted? Of course not. Nobody, nobody's ever done that, right? Um, at least not this morning yet, okay? Um, but you know, why do we do that? Because we're frustrated, we get angry, bitter. Well, you don't know what they've done to me. I, you know, impatient, even pride. Now, we're the kind of people that always say exactly the right thing, don't we? I mean, so. We never get frustrated, we never get bitter, we only get better. If that's true for you, then you never had any children and you're not telling the truth. <laughs> the, like I said, the Jews have a, have a unique understanding about, about the power of words. When Isaac is tricked into giving his firstborn blessing to Jacob rather than Esau, okay, Esau comes back and says, you were tricked, Father. Give me the blessing. And his father says, I've already spoken it. I can't get it back. It's like an arrow that was put into a bow and loosed, and once it goes, you can't recall it. It's like a bullet that was shot, and, and, and as much as you might want to, that bullet is going to go forward and accomplish the purpose for what it was sent. It's going to go to the target. When we speak God's promises to us over our situations, our circumstances, over our finances, over our families, over our futures, over our needs, there's power spoken. When we speak God's word and God's blessing over us, there's power to create good and and, and a benefit and a blessing. And there's also power in words that are spoken that are barren words. They produce fruit too. It says we're going to eat that fruit. 
You won't like that fruit. It's going to be bitter and nasty, but you're going to eat it when you speak it. When we speak words of doubt and fear and unbelief and anger and, and bitterness and everything, there are curses that come essentially, and we are cursing our seed. We're cursed. We wonder why we have so many terrible things happening. Well, what do you ever expect? What do you expect when that's all you speak over? This you'll never amount to anything. This job is a crummy job. Our finances are always going down the tube. Yeah, you got to do some things to change that. But when you continue to speak that kind of words, what do you expect you're going to reap? See, our words, you know what, what pleases God? Hebrews eleven six 6 says, you know what pleases God? Faith. So if our words are not words of faith, if our words are not words that please God, what do you think is going to happen? There's a, there's a great psalm, Psalm 19, verse 14, says it this way. It says, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my Redeemer. I rock and right Well, if my words that are if my words are going to please God, you know what they're going to be? They're going to be faith talk. They're going to be things that proclaim God's goodness and proclaim the, the blessings of God. You know, David was asking there that God would approve his words and, and his thoughts and he, he, as though they were offerings being brought to the altar. He says, Lord, may, may my word and my and my heart, the meditations of my heart, be acceptable in your sight, acceptable in your sight. He, he's considering going to the altar and, and making an offering with his words, with his mouth, with his proclamations, and with the, the, even the thoughts of his heart, of his soul. And he ended with a prayer, Lord, that I might, that I might please you. In Matthew, Jesus said it this way, Matthew 15, 11, says what goes into someone's mouth doesn't defile them. It's not the food. It's not the stuff you watch or listen to or, or hear even. But whatever comes out of your mouth, that's what defiles you. See, our words betray us. In verse 16 in the same chapter, he says, Are you so dull? Jesus asked them. Don't you see? that whatever enters the mouth goes into the stomach and then out of the body. But the things that come out of a person's mouth come from another place. They come from your heart. And these are the things that defile them. For out of the heart comes evil thoughts. You know, we were born in sin. We were born with evil thoughts. It's only the blood of Jesus and faith in him that renews our spirit and gives us the ability to speak good things. Because out of the heart, these, the flesh comes this. We don't need a lot of help from the devil. We act like it's, it's all demonic, and, and he does influence that. But at the same token, out of the heart comes murder, adultery, sexual morality, theft, lies, slander. Those are the things that defile a person. But he says, not, not eating with unwashed hands. But, but see, but they come out of us because that's our natural inclination. If you give yourself over to your natural inclination, you will, you will sin. But thank God, we've been washed, we've been cleansed, we've got a new covenant, we have a new life, we have a new, new spirit. But if that's the case, then why sometimes don't our words line up with our supposed heart that's been renewed? It's because we, we have not yet let totally crucified the old man. That old nature likes to, I mean, I don't know about resurrection power, but my old man can get resurrected at the slightest, in, you know, slightest circumstance. 
And uh, I'm doing better now than I did many years ago. But if we don't watch it, if we're not aware of, see, it, it becomes, I, I shouldn't have that kind of a thought. I shouldn't say something like that. Before that thought turns into a word, I catch myself most of the time. Most of the time. Um, there's, a, there's a story that illustrates this, uh, I think, pretty strongly. If you, if you turn to, uh, I want you to go to uh, Psalm 106. Verse 32 and 3, and it, and it kind of recounts a story that's found in Exodus. It was by the waters of Meribah, Aaron and Moses angered the Lord. And trouble came to Moses because of their anger. They rebelled against the Spirit of God, and rash words came from Moses' lips. You know what happened? They're at the waters of Meribah, and the people were murmuring and complaining I mean, imagine two million Jews all upset with you. I mean, imagine two million anybody upset with you, but two million Jews has, you know, been around some of those. Most of them work in New York. Um, did you know New York was rated the most rude city in America? I've been there many, many, many times, and I concur. Um, anyway, uh, but so these people are complaining to Moses. And um, God, you know, they didn't have any water. The water was bitter. They couldn't do it. And, and so God says, you know, I want you to speak to the rock this time. Last time you used your staff and you, and you brought water for it. And this time I want you to speak to it. And that'll be enough. And Moses got angry. The old man rose up within him. And he essentially cursed the people. He was mad at all of them. And he walked over to the rock and he took his staff and he hit it twice. Well, we know that that rock was a type of Jesus. And God had told him to speak to the rock. He disobeyed God. And as a result, Moses himself was kept from going into the promised land and died at 120 years old. Even though he was not dim of eye, he was strong of uh, of frame and and body, uh, he could not enter the promised land because he disobeyed God. But what got, what got him upset, you know, upset was all these people, and he lost his temper. And it says he uttered rash words. That's a nice way of saying he, you know, he cursed the people. And, um, but God was just saying, you know, I want to teach you a lesson here. I want to teach all these million of Israelites. He says, all you've got to do, and this goes to my whole thought, all you've got to do is speak the word. And life-giving water will flow out of the rock. All you've got to do is speak what I tell you to speak. All you've got to do is speak the word of God prophetically. All you've got to do is speak what you see the Father saying, hear the Father saying, see what he's doing. All you've got to do is speak it. It's the same idea that Jesus said when he was standing there in the, uh, in the temple area that day when they were bringing up the water. He said, he said, if you, he said out of your bellies will throw rivers of living water. And it's, it's the idea that, that you and I are called to be life givers. Living water is running water. It's, it's water that brings life. If you go into the book of Revelation, you'll see that, um, you know, and, and earlier on, it also talks in Ezekiel, it talks about, you know, that when uh, Jesus comes back and sets himself into the temple, water is going to flow from underneath the throne. And that water is going to go down the temple mount across the Kidron Valley, right now the Mount of Olives is there. The Mount of Olives is going to split in two, and that water is going to flow all the way to the Jordan. And as it gets to the Jordan, it's going to 
flow with the Jordan down to the Dead Sea, and everywhere that that river flows will bring life. There's going to be fishermen on either side of the river. And the Dead Sea right now, there's no life in it. But that river of water is going to flow, and it's going to bring life, and it's going to turn the Dead Sea into a, into a life-giving place where there's fish, and, and fishermen can fish it. And it's a, it's a parable, it's an allegory, but it's also something real that's actually going to happen. But Jesus is saying, out of us is supposed to flow rivers of life. What flows out of you? It comes out of your mouth. Out of the mouth, you have a choice to speak death or life. What's supposed to be coming out of us, if we're controlled by the, if we're people who are controlled by the Spirit, is that we're supposed to speak the word of God. And where we speak the word of God, it was going to bring life. Moses hit the rock. Jesus has already been crucified. He's already done everything. He says, I'm not going to be killed again. I'm not going to be crucified twice. Now, after I come and I've been crucified and I brought the Spirit of God to you and you've received me as Christ, I don't have to be crucified. We didn't crucify. That wasn't blood. It represented the blood. Jesus already died once for your sins. Now all you've got to do is receive it and speak the word of God over your life and you'll see life, not death. It's when you speak barren, dead words that you get dead things. And so... God is trying to teach us something. Speak my word. Speak life. Think Toby Mack or somebody wrote a song. Speak life. It's, it's what we're called to do. Words mean something. Your words have power. Power to create life. Power to create peace or joy or hope or, or, or love. Or, or it can just, our words can destroy people, destroy us with hate and fear, and doubt, and bitterness, and frustration, and stress, just like the ancients said. Once I speak it, I can't bring it back. It goes forward and will produce a harvest that I will eat the fruit of one way or the other. I'm going to, the more I meditated on that Matthew 12 verse about giving an account for every idle word, the more it scares me. I want to ask you a question. The people who are watching us, the people who are around us every day, are we causing them to stumble by the words of doubt or the words of fear or the words of impatience or the words of anger or the way we treat other people? Are, are we causing them to stumble? Because if we are, we're creating death, we're creating death in them. And I'm going to give an account for that. God's made a promise to us. Am I, am I not treating it seriously? Am I, am I bitter at the way, you know, if I'm bitter at the way life has treated me, if I'm frustrated by people or frustrated about situations that I come across every day, if we have forgotten what God has promised us because we don't see it right this very moment and then we let ourselves express our frustration and our anger and our fear into this world, are we causing those around us to stumble much less what we're causing in our own life? See, if you're not careful, we can be like Moses and miss the promise. Miss the promised land because he got angry. Don't let trauma even bad times, I, I, you know, trouble comes to everybody sooner or later. But don't let that cause you to lose your faith in God. And I heard him this morning, he, sa he said, 
I know what you need. I know what you want. Trust me. I'll give it to you. But you see, if, if, in, our, if in our lack or, or in our turmoil or in our trauma, we lose sight of that and then say frustrated things, impatient things, angry things, bitter things, then we're going we're gonna to miss out on what God's best is for us. What we have to do is when we find ourselves in a place like that, we need to encourage ourselves in the Word. We need to get into the Word. I've given you the, the, the Bible plan this, this year. If you go through the one we've handed out to you this morning, you'll go through the Old Testament once and the New Testament twice this year. We'll also put up on our website and on our app, we'll, put it in, we'll have it present for you last next week, a chronological one where if you want to read through the Bible chronologically, like right now, uh, you'll be in Genesis and Job. But when you get into like the third month, you'll be in Kings and Samuel and be going back and forth. That's really interesting that way. I think it might be a more interesting way to read it. But anyway, if you get into the Word and you'll meditate on it, and think on it and get alone with God when you're struggling, when you're having conflict, when you're having turmoil, you'll find yourself at a lot more peace than you can speak life instead of speaking death. Lord, give me the fruit of the Spirit. We're we're supposed to be Spirit-filled people in this church. It's not enough to have the gifts. You have to have the fruit with it. Otherwise, you're just noise. You have to have love. Joy, peace, long-suffering. You know, long-suffering, that means patience, kindness, mercy, gentleness, goodness, all those things. Just because you're encountering stress does not give us the right to speak death. Doesn't give us the right to speak angry things. You might feel better after that if you bless somebody out, but you won't be like the fruit of it. You know, our words betray us. Jesus out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. One minute, think of it. Peter and, and Jesus are standing there in, in Caesarea Philippi, or Caesarea Philippi, more correctly. Um, and he says, who do you say I am? And he says, you're the son of God, and so forth. And so, and Jesus said, man, the Holy Spirit gave you that. And then the next minute, <laughs> Jesus says, the devil's in you. He said, oh, you're not going to go to the cross for us, Jesus. No, you know, I'm not, not having that. So in one moment, he's, he's, he's praised. The next minute, he's condemned by Jesus for letting the devil influence his words. He says, Satan is, you know, he called him Satan. See, and what was, what was he talking about? His speech, his words. Words are seeds that we sow that produce fruit. And they have a power behind them. We need to stop speaking doubt. We need to start speaking faith talk. We need to make our words line up with God's words. That's why I think it's so important this year. Lord, I want to see what you're doing. And I I want to hear what you're speaking to me, and then I'm going to declare it in this world. And we're going to see a change. We'll see a powerful change. Do you realize... Um, we, get, we get excited sometimes when people get words of knowledge. But can I tell you that Jesus is always speaking? The Holy Spirit is speaking right now to you. He's got words of knowledge for you. He's got words of wisdom. Lord, what do I do in this situation? How, how, how do, do we buy this? Do, do we sell this? Do we invest there? Do, do we, you know, 
He's got wisdom for you if you'll just ask him and then speak it as if it were so. Do it as if it was so. I, I know it's hard to, let, to bless people who, who hurt you. Believe me, I've been there. We've all been there. But what we speak over our spouses, over our children, over our coworkers, will produce a fruit in them as well. You know, you can't tell a child you'll never amount to anything. You need to tell them they're great. You need to tell them they can do anything. You need to bless them. You need to pray for them. Before they go off to school tomorrow morning, you need to pray with those children and bless them and tell them how wonderful they are and how excited you are to be their parent. I know sometimes they frustrate you. I know sometimes they disobey Right? No, never. No. But you know what? Discipline them in love, but bless them. I, I can tell you, I, I was in sales with Levi's for, for a number of years, and I had some pretty nasty people that I had to work with sometimes who were ungodly. And I determined, said, Lord, you know, a, a couple of them in particular, there was no way they are going to change. So I said, Lord, please bless them, but bless them elsewhere. And he did. But I blessed them, and I offered the opportunity to, to pray for them. When they, when they, you know, they're people too. They, they, they have problems. People die in their lives. They get sick and everything else. I, you know, we're called to encourage one another. I, I want to speak... What I'd like to see in my children or my spouse or my coworkers, you need to speak that over them. Words have power. Your words are powerful. Have you ever thought about blessing them instead of cursing them? Have you ever thought about praying for the clients? Maybe you own a business or maybe you work somewhere. Praying for the clients. You know, I, I tell you, dealing with the public, it's like somebody said once about the ministry. You know, the ministry would be a great career if it weren't for the people. But, it's, but without people, there's no, there's no ministry. But, you know, I, some of you deal with the public all day long. I can't imagine, Janet, being in social services for all the years that you were dealing with all those people. Whoa, you must have the patience of Job. That's why you married Jim, right? So it's, it just, but I mean, seriously, people can be, can be irritating as all get out. Beyond, that was a kind way of saying. But have you ever thought to pray for those clients and Lord bless them? Lord, let them come in here. Lord, let me show some patience with them and calmness with them. I know it's difficult, but Lord, give me strength. Give me, some, give me the ability to do Let me show some, bless them and, and help them. Because you're going to eat the fruit of your words one way or the other. You know what angry, hateful words produce? Angry, hateful people back at you. And you know what? Here's a little, here's a little le lesson in agronomy. When you sow a seed into the ground, you produce a crop. If you put one kernel of corn in the ground, do you get back one kernel? No, you get a stock that usually has between two and four, kernel, four, four ears, and on those ears it could be 100 or 200 kernels. So for every seed you sow, you'll get it back, pressed down, running over, multiplied back to you. So you sow anger, you don't get just anger back, you get rage. 
Do you understand? So whatever you sow, you get it back and multiplied. We talk about money, but it's, you know. So if I want love in my life, I'm going to sow some love. Just kind acts. Proverbs 2 says this, as a man thinks, so is he. What do you think? What, what are you thinking is what's coming out of you. I want you to turn, I want to go to James chapter 3, just about done. In James 3, verse 6, it says, The tongue also is a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body. It sets the whole course of one's life on fire and itself is set on fire by hell. <laughs> Boy, James had a, a lot of respect for the tongue, didn't he? But think of what he's saying. He says, your words, go back to that verse. Your words, if they are not controlled by the spirit, will set your course to hell. Your words corrupt everything around you. I don't think we have any idea the significance of the words that we say. Uh, we just go through life. We have conversation. You can have conversation. But I'm telling you, I am more aware today than I've ever been in my life that words have power. And your words mean things. And your words are going to produce a fruit. The next one says all kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, sea creatures uh, are being tamed and have been tamed by mankind. But no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. For with the tongue we praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse human beings who are made in the likeness of God. Out of the same mouth comes blessing and cursing. It ought not to be like this. You can't bless God on Sunday morning and curse people the next day or this afternoon. Do you think it's a coincidence that on the day of Pentecost, God manifested a new miraculous sign and the birth of the church was what? It was people praising God in new languages from their mouths. Their tongues were tamed by the Spirit of the Lord. The only way that you can control this, the only way that you can produce good fruit is through the, is through the power of the Holy Spirit that's in you. And I have good news for you. He can and will help us speak the right things. God tamed their tongues that day. Now they have a choice. You have a choice. You always have a choice. But if you're led by the Spirit, you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. And it's not just sexual stuff. It's the words of our mouth. Let us hear for a change what the Spirit is saying, and then let us speak that over, our pe over the people. Let us speak victory instead of defeat. Let us speak love instead of hate. Let us speak joy instead of anger you know, and, and depression and discouragement and all those other things. Let us exhibit the fruit of our Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit in our speech. And the only way we're going to get that is by being people of the Spirit. Romans 10.8 says the, the word is nigh you, even in your mouth. How is it nigh us? Because I've, put, I've had my mind renewed. I put the word of God into me. I, I, I hear the voice of the spirit. I see what God is doing. I hear what he's saying. And so I speak that. Meditating on the word. 
listening to the word, singing the word. You know, back in the 70s and 80s, the music we had was not particularly good. But I'll tell you what was, what was mostly in it was the word. And when I remember the songs that we sang, it was the word, the word, the word, the word put to music. Some of the, some of the music was pretty simplistic, pretty sing-songy, but I remember every one of them. And I'll tell you what, it helped me to memorize the word. And so I sing the word. I, I pray the word. Speak the word. That's our goal. That's our, our standard of measurement. Out of our mouth should come God's word. The prophetic word. And, and you know when you speak God's word, you're speaking God's will. God's word is his will. And you know what we do? We're watering the garden. We're, we're fertilizing the, the, the word. We're, 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 you know, we're killing the weeds, so to speak. And we start standing on the word, speaking the word, believing the word. I'm not moved by what I see. I'm not moved by what the enemy says. I'm not moved by what the doctors say. I'm only moved by the word of God, and that's what I'm going to speak. Can't speak it if I don't know it. But I'm going to find it. I'm going to read it this year. I'm going to stand upon it. I'm going to speak it. I'm going to declare it. We should be aware, aware more than ever that our words have power. And, and I believe this. God is going to move heaven and earth to fulfill his word this year. You know, I, I was speaking to some, I am, worship team, you can come up. Turn to 1 Corinthians 14.3. I, I, I was telling some people just before the service began. I said, you know, it's, it's amazing to me. And I can't tell you why, and, and maybe, it's just, maybe it's just me, but I, I've talked to other ministers, and uh, evangelists who feel the same way. That when you leave this country, it's like when you land someplace else, it's like a switch goes on and the power of God is suddenly released. And when you come home, it's like they switched it off. And I, I, that is not right. And, and, and I'm sure that's not true. But there is something about the... There is something wrong in the body of Christ. And, and what I have come to the conclusion is, is that you stand on a, a dusty field in the middle of Africa. And it can be raining out there and people will stand there for eight hours to hear the word, to wait to hear the word. And if it rains on Sunday morning, we determine whether or not we're going to go to church in our cars and with our umbrellas and into the air-conditioned and heated padded seat. You know, I don't know what, there's a desperation that, that people have in other places for the word of God. And when you speak it, they believe it. But I am telling you that I believe the Holy Spirit is saying, this is a year to change that. That if you will speak what the Spirit is saying, or proclaim it and declare it, you'll see a change. And there is, I know we see miracles. I know God heals. I know he does wonderful things in our midst. But I am telling you, there is a level of anointing that is going to increase as we proclaim the word of God and only the word of God in our lives. You will see a change. I want to close with this verse. It's in chapter 14 of 1 Corinthians. And it says it this way. 
So the one who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, encouragement, and comfort. King James says edification instead of strengthening. It means to build up. Old Testament prophets, for the most part, rebuked and they warned. And there is still that element in, in the prophecy today. I believe in New Testament prophets. I believe God. I believe that uh, the spirit of prophecy is the, you know, the spirit of Jesus. I believe that we should have prophetic proclamations. But here's what I see, and this goes to the words of our mouth. Because if you're going to speak prophetically, what should you be declaring? Words that build up, words that encourage, and words that comfort. If you're not doing one of those three things then you are hardly probably proclaiming the word of God. You are probably speaking death, not life. Encouragement, comfort, building up. See, in, in Mark eleven twenty three, it says that you can have whatsoever you saith, if you believe. And, there, and there, that is true, it, but, it, but that happened in context. In the context, Jesus came across a fig tree. As they were leaving the Mount of Olives and going back to Bethany, they encountered a fig tree, you know the story. And it was, he saw that it had leaves, but it had no figs, and he cursed it. Did he pour poison on it? No, he spoke a word. Nobody's gonna eat fruit from this tree ever again. And they went on their way. Wasn't a big deal. The next day they came back and the fig tree had dried up from the root. And Peter says, look, the fig tree you spoke to yesterday is dead. Why? Where's that power? He cursed that fig tree in the will of God because it represented, it represents you and me. We look good, but where's the fruit? And, and what, he's, what he's trying to get us to see is in that next verse. So then he says, have faith in God. For, thing, for what things you have so ever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you can have them. And it says, if you speak to the mountain, be thou removed and cast into the sea, you will have what you say. He was so confident that what he spoke was God's will and God's word that he, he, he expected that tree to die. And it did. Now you can't speak, you can't say whatever you want to say I want a new 19, I want a 1964 Jaguar XKE and I want it teal uh, convertible. You can't say that and expect to get it if that's not God's will. But if you're speaking the word of God and you're speaking God's will, you will have what you say. And if you're cursing, you will have what you say. If you're speaking death, you will have what you say. Your words create things, life or death. It's our choice, and we need to become more aware because I believe God is trying to take us to another level in the prophetic, another level in being able to see into the kingdom of God, another level to hear what the Spirit is saying, but and then speak it. And Lord, forgive us when we've said all the wrong words. Forgive us when we've spoken doubt instead of faith. Forgive us when we've spoken irritation and anger instead of patience and kindness. Forgive us when we've been rude and, and uncontrollable. Father, help us to be good and kind and gentle and give mercy. Lord, help me love people even when they're unlovely. Help me speak life wherever I go. Lord, out of my belly is supposed to flow a river of life. Help me speak life. Would you bow your heads with me this morning?
Jesus said we're going to be judged by every idle word, every barren, every dead word. Father, forgive us for speaking dead words. Lord, help me speak life. Well, every head is bowed, every eye closed. If you're here or you're watching online with us this morning, we welcome you on Facebook and YouTube and Vimeo. And maybe you need to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. This is a great time to do it at the beginning of the head of the year. It's going to be a great year. I think the blessings of God are coming upon us in a great and more profound way than we've ever imagined before. But if you're here this morning or you're watching and you want to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life and get right with God and come into this year and filled with Jesus Christ, His love and His presence, His power, then just lift your hand to the Lord in this room or if you're watching by video, just say, Lord, forgive me. Come into my heart. I want to live for you. pray with you. Make this your prayer with me. Just agree as I, as I say this. Father God, as I said a moment ago, please forgive me for speaking words that do not edify, don't, don't build up, or words that don't encourage and, and don't bring comfort. Lord, help me for speaking words that don't please you by my doubt and my fear and unbelief. Lord, I want to enter the promised land this year. I want to enter into all your promises. And I, Father, I receive your goodness. I, I receive the word that you're, Lord, I, I'm going to see into your realm like I've never seen. I'm going to hear what you're saying like I've never heard before. And then I'm going to speak life. I'm going to speak your word over my body. I'm going to speak your word over my spouse, over my children, over my family, over my job, over my business, over this city, over this nation. Lord, I'm going to speak your word and your will wherever I go. Lord, and when I don't, Father, correct me. Show me what I've said wrong. Holy Spirit, you're the teacher. You're the one who convicts. Teach us your ways. Show us your goodness. Show us the Spirit of God. Show us into the kingdom of God, O Spirit of God, so that we might speak life. In the name of Jesus and all that I would agree, say amen. Stand to your feet with me this morning. We'll be here tomorrow night, Tuesday night, Wednesday night with worship. I encourage you to come. Come for an hour. Come for half an hour. If you've not already done so, come by here and pick up a prayer request. Fill one out. Uh, we'll try to get some pens down here. And, um, or take one of these cards and write on it. And we will pray. Put it right here on this altar table. And we will pray for those needs tomorrow night and Tuesday and Wednesday. Lift your hands to the Lord. Father, I bless your people. They're the head and not the tail. Lord, this is a great year, 2020. We have not even begun to imagine what you want to do for your church. Lord, I, I pray. Lord, you said covet to prophesy and earnestly desire spiritual gifts. Father, I thank you that every one of these people can hear the voice of the Spirit of God. And Lord, they can speak your word and declare it in their lives. Lord, I bless them. I bless their ears, their hearing, their sight, their vision. Lord, that they will have clarity of thought. They're blessed in their finances, their marriages, and their children, and their finances. In every way, Father, they are blessed beyond measure. They have the favor of God because they're your heirs and joint heirs to every promise you have made. In the name of Jesus, all God's people agree. Say amen. Amen. I love you. We'll see you tomorrow night. God bless you.